Don't want to work forever? Once you can cover your living expenses with passive income, your day job becomes optional and you reach financial independence. You then have complete control over your time, your money, and your life in general. Spark Rental founders Denny Suplee and Brian Davis, me, are here to help you build rental income, ditch your day job, and do what matters most to you. So on that note, let's jump into today's episode, which, like all of our episodes, was recorded live. Hey guys, Brian Davis here from Spark Rental. Happy Tuesday. And I am joined today by a special guest, Chris Mamula from the blog, Can I Retire Yet? So Chris, welcome to the show. Happy to be here and talking to you. Well, we're super excited to hear what you have to say about early retirement, financial independence, and retiring young. So without further ado, I'd, I would just like to have Chris start telling us a little bit about his journey here. But before we do that, um, Chris, let's start with where you are today, and then let's back up and talk about the journey to get there. So you are semi-retired now, correct? And uh, so tell us a little bit about where you are semi-retirement-wise, uh, your, what your wife is up to work-wise. Let's just get a sense of your, your current life as it stands today. Yeah, so I think maybe a good place to start is where I'm physically at, which is in my house in uh, Ogden, Utah. Okay. And we live like right on the backside of uh, Snow Basin Ski Resort. And Ooh. and that was kind of my wife and I, that was always our dream was to, um, like we got into the outdoors when we were um, probably in our mid-20s. And it started with like backpacking and hiking and climbing and skiing. And, and we just kind of um, fell into this, uh, we call it like the dirt bag or ski bum, uh, like <laughs> lifestyle. And like most of those people, um, they're awesome. Like they're living their, their passion and their fantasy, but they're also like one step away from financial disaster. Like if you have a fall when you get an injury, you're in a car accident, you, you know, have, have somebody get pregnant. Like you're always like one thing away from financial disaster. And like, so my wife and I both grew up without a lot of money. So we knew we didn't want that. Uh, but we love that lifestyle. So that was kind of our dream is kind of like to build enough of a cushion and then just go live that like kind of dirt bum, ski bum or dirt bag, ski bum lifestyle. I love it. And um, we didn't really think early retirement was possible. We had no idea what we were doing as far as the technical stuff. We were just building a little cash cushion. And then so we would have some security. And then um, right as we were about to pull the trigger and move west. So I'm from Pennsylvania. Okay. Um, my, we found out my wife was pregnant in 2012. And uh, so like that, uh, just winging it didn't kind of seem like it was going to cut it. So I got really serious uh, back then um, about like figuring out like what it takes to retire early and what it takes to be financially responsible. So, you know, we're not putting our daughter's um, security at risk, but we can still kind of live that lifestyle. And so that kind of brings us to where we are now. We I left my career as a physical therapist in 2017 and we moved, uh, we moved west uh, that summer and we've been out here for like three years now. Okay. All right. And, you know, if I have to ask, so how old are you, how old were you rather in 2017 when you retired, when you left your full-time job? Yeah, I was 41 and I had practiced for about 16 years as a therapist. That's awesome. That is, that's badass. <laughs> uh, so by the way, this, so we are broadcasting live, of course. Um, Denny, who's, who's my partner and co-founder with Spark Ground, she says, hello. Um, Tara says, go Pennsylvania. Uh, Denny and Tara actually are both from Pennsylvania. I'm from Maryland, so not, not far away from there. So, and by the way, we, we do encourage people to bring their questions as we, as we go here. This is a two-way dialogue, uh, or really a three-way dialogue, rather, <laughs> Chris and myself, and of course, you guys in the audience. So let us know as you guys have questions. So Chris, 
back us up to the beginning of your journey towards financial independence. You know, how did you start boosting your savings rate in the very beginning? How did you get start down that path? Yeah, so honestly, it was kind of um, a bit of luck to just stumble into things. And it was also a bit of like my wife and I just neither of us grew up with having a whole heck of a lot. And we both are first generation college grads. And so we made above average salaries. So uh, what we did is uh, there was no like fire financial independence, retire early. Like there's this big movement and all these bloggers of which I'm one of them now. Uh, But there was none of that back in 2001 when I was getting out of school. So basically um, my wife had some school debt and she had a a used car loan and we we were going to get married and I had no debt and my family was just always very anti-debt. And so we kind of, the two of us came to an agreement that we were going to do everything we could to get out of debt before we got married. So she was working and I was still in grad school, but I was working part-time making a little bit of money. And we just did everything we could to throw all of my income at getting her out of debt. And she was kind of supporting us. And so when I got my salary as a physical therapist within my first paycheck or two, um, I finished paying off all of her debt and we were debt free and we were living off of her, her salary. And uh, you know, we were kind of still in that college lifestyle. So we never inflated our lifestyle and living pretty comfortably. So we just kept saving mine initially for a down payment on a house. And then once we bought our house, we just um, we basically took my first paycheck and paid extra on the house and my second and we invested it. And then once the house was paid off, which we did in about seven years, uh, we just put everything into investments and we just basically lived off of one salary and saved the other. So we were kind of living that um, high savings rate fire ideal that a lot of people talk about now, but we had no idea what we were doing. And on the investing side, we were just just throwing good money after bad and making a lot of mistakes. But at least we were we were still building because we were saving at such a high rate. So it sounds like part of your strategies was around uh, avoiding lifestyle inflation. So as you and your wife started earning more and more money, you, you killed your, your spending very low and continued living this very frugal, almost student level lifestyle. Uh, is that a fair characterization or is there, is there a lot more to it than that? I would say it's, it's you're directionally right, but I would say no, because um, so my wife started, um, she just had a bachelor's degree in math. And so she had like an entry level position in an actuarial firm and she was making about 35 or $36,000. And then when I started as a physical therapist, it, this was a low salary, uh, but in the city of Pittsburgh where I was from, um, I was starting at about that same level, which was very low, but it was a flooded market at the time. And so we both grew our salaries pretty quickly, um, basically doubled them within three or four years. Uh, so we increased what we were living off of. We were traveling more, doing more things, but we just continued to live off of her salary and continued to bank mine. And our salaries pretty much grew pretty much in parallel. So we were always saving about 50%, give or take. That's great. That's great. All right. Well, let's talk strategy for a second here. Um, I understand that you are not so much a real estate guy. <laughs> uh, you know, we, we do focus a lot on real estate uh, on this on this podcast. But so it sounds like you guys were more focused on stocks uh, and, of course, paying off your your primary residence. But talk to us about your investing strategy and and how that started and then how that evolved over time as you became financially savvier. Yeah. So when we started, we were just using an advisor and we were just basically whatever he told us to do, we did and did no due diligence. I mean, our, our due diligence was um, we knew like my parents, they basically made in combination what either my wife or I made. So and they did pretty well. They helped my brother and I both through college. They were on pace for retirement just because they were again, they kind of taught me most of what I know, um, like as far as frugality and living within your means. And so I kind of my due diligence was, well, it's good enough for them. It's probably good enough for me. (laughs) And I literally asked no other questions and whatever the advisor told us to do, we did. And so we were sold some really bad products and received some really bad advice. 
Uh, but that's what we did up until 2012. Again, when my daughter was born, that's when I started to get serious and think about, you know, what could I do to change my lifestyle? And I found these fire blogs and I changed my investing approach at that point. And, and then we just basically went to a, a passive, low cost index fund uh, approach to investing in stocks and bonds. And, and that's what we still do to this day. Okay. Well, that in my own stock investments, that's what I do as well for the most part. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, passive index funds, it, you know, 90% of my stock investments are passive in, index funds. And I, I play around with a little bit of money on the side, but, but yeah, my, my core investing strategy is very similar to yours. Uh, and is, which is what most uh, people following the fire strategy tend to do is those, those broad basket index funds um, that are low cost, low expense ratio. So, yeah. And if I could just add one thing before we move please, on, yeah. I think it's really important to understand like, so that works, it works really well. Uh, but like, so I, I wrote, uh, it's, the book is called Choose FI and it's with a partnership with the guys who do the Choose FI podcast. And what we did is we really looked at a bunch of people from the FIRE community who have taken different approaches. And I really try to break investing down. So that worked for me, but again, it worked because we had a really high savings rate. So if you're saving enough, uh, and you're getting those average, let's call it seven, eight percent returns every uh, every year, and it's not going to be every year, but on average, um, that works. Uh, but it doesn't work for everybody, and so we really laid out three paths for investment. And one is real estate, um, one is um, just investing in your own business, and the other is what we call the simple path, which is investing in these simple passive um, investments, but doing it with a high savings rate, so that'll get you there. And, and, and any of those three would work. And I really think you need to match your investing approach with your income, your savings rate, your needs, your goals, all that stuff. And so I don't think there's a one size fits all. And, and those aren't mutually excuse, exclusive either. Like I focused on that simple path to get to um, early retirement. But now that I'm here, you know, I do write on the blog and I wrote the book. And so I'm generating some income from those things. And so uh, just to kind of diversify, in addition to diversifying between stocks and bonds and domestic and international, um, it's a totally separate thing to invest in your own business or invest in real estate. And so you can do any of the three or all of the three, and, and you have to kind of just match it to what you want and what works for you. Well, I mean, there's, there's so much that you just said there that I love. <laughs> so I'll, I'll start with my, my simplest reaction to that, which is just that uh, Denny and I are doing the same thing in our own lives. Um, we are actually approaching fire with all three of those strategies, uh, investing in real estate, uh, obviously our business spark rental, um, and, and stock investments as well. So yeah, th those are three excellent paths to financial independence and retiring early. Um, any one of them will likely get you there when you combine all three, it can be even more powerful. Um, and I also love the fact that you are semi-retired, but you still have all of these, you have your fingers in these other pots as well. You've got the, can I retire yet blog? Uh, which generates income, of course. Uh, you wrote the the Choose FI book, or co-wrote the the Choose FI book. So you know these are all forms of of ongoing passive income uh, that not only keep you in money, but also keep you hopefully engaged <laughs> in the world, uh, and of course doing good in the world and and teaching other people how to be how to invest, how to be better with their money, how to boost their savings rate. So so much good stuff there. Um, let me ask you this about the the role you said you're married and, and you have a daughter. So has tell me about the role of family in your pursuit of financial independence and retiring early. You know, 
I get, I get people all the time. Single people will complain, oh, it's, you know, this is so much harder if you're single and it's easier if, if you're married. And married people complain, oh, this is so much easier if you're single. <laughs> so I'm just curious about your particular take on all that and your experiences with that. Yeah, I mean, I think I think probably both of those perspectives are valid, depending on on who your partner is, or if you don't <laughs> right. have a partner. Um, like I said, like I think for us, it was a huge advantage, obviously, to have two incomes instead of one because we were on the same page. And so, like when you have a partner and you're on the same page, yeah, it makes everything easier because you're you have like kind of the economies of scale. You have one housing payment or rent or whatever. Uh, your utilities, you know, it's not going to be double because you have two people. Uh, so in a lot of ways, being married is an advantage. Uh, but like what my wife and I found is, so we were always on the same page and saving just came easy. Uh, for my wife, um, she just grew up with a, I would we'll just say a tougher background than I had. And so for her, saving is very much security. Uh, for me, like my dad was an entrepreneur. He had a small photography business. So we, again, we didn't have a big income, but I was kind of used to that more, I will call it like lumpy income and seasonal uh, or good years and bad years. And, I, and just being frugal and, and dealing with that, I kind of knew, I saw that and I knew how to make that work. And so for me, saving was much more about just opportunities to just live a totally different lifestyle. And so when we got to that point where we were approaching financial independence, uh, for the first time ever, we weren't on the same page. And I would say to this day, we're not totally on the same page. And so, yeah, I mean, it definitely, it can add stress because, you know, if you're doing this yourself, you can kind of make all the decisions. But when you have a partner, um, there's a challenge of that and negotiating that and uh, getting on the same page. So, yeah, there's there's definitely advantages of scale and there's also advantages of being able to do it on your own. And, and we all have to just kind of figure that out. No question. No question. Um, and, you know, I've had a similar experience with my own wife. Uh, you know, <laughs> we we live entirely on, on her income and we invest all of, of my income. Um, but, you know, she likes to spend in a way that I do not. So, <laughs> uh, you know, she, she went out this past weekend and got, you know, an hour and a half long massage. And I'm sitting and she's like, oh, I, we should do this more often. I'm like, what do you mean we? <laughs> like, <laughs> but anyway. So you guys own a home. Uh, do you own any real estate investments or no? No. So we we owned our original home back in Pennsylvania and um, we were kind of in a unique situation. And um, so I was in a, it was like a depressed steel town outside of Pittsburgh. And so we lived in our house for about 12, 13 years. And basically we had zero appreciation. We sold it for what we built it for. Um, and then we were moving to Ogden, Utah, where it's just absolutely insane here. You're, you're looking at 10, 12% year over year change. And so we knew we wanted to move. We weren't quite ready yet. So we bought our house in, I guess it would have been the summer of 2017, knowing we weren't going to move until the next year. And we just tried our hands at landlording for a year and uh, kind of learned on the fly. Like I was, I was actually reading John Schaub's uh, Building Wealth One House at a time. Like real estate has always intrigued me. So I was reading it on the plane out and I was about three quarters of the way through and we made an offer on a house and we're like, I guess we better finish this book and figure it out. So <laughs> we were landlords for a year. Like we rented this house till we were ready to move here, but it was just, it was definitely speculative, but uh, it was a good move knowing that the market here was just going up so fast and, and the market where we were coming from wasn't. Uh, and it's kind of got me interested in real estate, but it's just uh, the Ogden market here where we live is just not good for uh, purchase price to the amount you can rent it for. So, and, and uh, I'm not quite comfortable. Uh, we did it once, like using a property manager and being across the country, but I would rather kind of be here and being able to have more of a hands-on approach. So uh, we're kind of holding off on that for now, but it's definitely something that still interests me. I understand completely. Uh, all right. So what are your 
best tips, and I'm going to split this question into two prongs. So first, best tips for people just starting out on the path to early retirement and financial independence, so beginner tips, and then also maybe some more intermediate or advanced tips for people who are already on the path, but you know, maybe tips to get them to the next level. Yeah, so I think the, the beginner path is, I really think it's just, it's vital to kind of know where your money is going. Um, like I said, I was never a hardcore budgeter by any means, and we're still not, uh, but we were, we always knew we were living off of one salary. So, I mean, we kind of had at least the guardrails around uh, what we were spending. And occasionally, like if we were going to do a big splurge, like we've done some big trips and things and we would dip into my income, you know, slightly, maybe we spend $5,000, but we're still saving you know, a huge percentage for the year. And then other years we would actually save on my wife's side. So we always had those kind of guardrails, uh, but we never really paid close attention until we found the whole idea of fire. And when we did, I mean, it was amazing, even for us with such a high savings rate, how much money was just, just bleeding out of our accounts. And we didn't know it because we didn't know where our money was going. So uh, I would say know where your money is going and kind of find some way to either track or budget or do something. And then really just kind of be intentional and sit down and say like, is my money going where I want it to? Cause I think a lot of people who don't naturally have that high savings rate, I mean, so much money just goes out of your life and, and uh, very unintentionally. And so you can cut things that don't add value to your life. And um, if you can do that, you can save a lot of money without, you know, sacrificing or scrimping. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, before we wrap up, do you do you see any challenges for yourself moving forward uh, financially? Um, are there any challenges that you see on the road for the average person who's pursuing fire? Um, and do you have any any thoughts on overcoming those challenges? Uh, I, I think for the average person, I think the biggest challenge is just getting started. Uh, again, like, um, I try to be humble and I don't want to sound like braggy or anything, but I have to give my wife and I credit for just choosing to do something that was really different than everyone we saw around us really without having a role model or a, a sense of what was even possible. We just kind of like intuited that like, this doesn't make sense. Like we, we knew we were pretty happy and like we knew like buying a, going out and buying two new cars and having a couple of $500 a month car payments wasn't going like, to change our life. And so we just, even though we saw everybody around us doing that, we chose to do something different. So I think if people can just choose to, again, just be intentional and decide what you want your life to look like and then align your spending with that, I think that's the biggest challenge. And then I guess for me personally, and I think for people that are on the path, I think it's really tough to be an investor right now. Like we talked about real estate a little bit and like with interest rates so low, I mean, there's just the demand just uh, some markets, I'm sure, I'm sure you could still find deals, but in general, like it just seems like it's hard. so hard. And if you're looking at paper investments, I mean, the stock market is just at such a high level compared to historical averages. Interest rates are so low. It's really just hard to find a place to put your money to work. So I think it's just a matter of staying disciplined, um, kind of having realistic expectations and um, and just looking for opportunities as they start to arise. But right now, it's really tough, I think, to be an investor. I hear you. <laughs> I hear you 100%. Well, Chris, tell us a little bit about Can I Retire Yet? And uh, and how people can connect with you. Yeah, so Can I Retire Yet is my home on the internet. And I'm very responsive if people want to reach out and email me or leave a comment on the blog. It's just CanIRetireYet.com. And my book is Choose FI. I'm sorry. My book is Choose FI, Your Blueprint to Financial Independence. And uh, you can find that on Amazon or really anywhere you buy books. And I'd love if people checked out the book. And it really is a kind of a overall framework for getting started. And like, how do you actually spend less, earn more, invest better? And then what do you actually want to do once you're on that path? So uh, I'd love it if people would check me out uh, in either place. 
yeah, guys, please do check out Chris Memula on, uh, on can I retire yet.com. It's an outstanding fire blog, uh, and more than just a fire blog. I mean, they talk all about a lot of traditional retirement issues as well. Uh, and of course the uh, book choose FI is a modern classic. So Chris, thank you so much for joining us today. This was a lot of fun and you know, our audience certainly appreciates your time and, and you sharing such a, your, your personal journey here with fire. I've enjoyed it as well. Thanks for having me. All right. See you guys next Tuesday, at two o'clock Eastern. Have a great week. Bye. Did you know we offer a free eight video course on how to reach financial independence with real estate? It's super bingeable with each video around 10 minutes long, but packed with information. Visit sparkrental.com slash learn for instant access. And please don't forget to rate and review our podcasts on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. Thanks for joining us. And we will catch you on the flip side.